You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming up on today's episode, we look back at a wild few days for the Jets, a big win against the Flames, sandwiched by brutal losses to Minnesota in Arizona. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rowicki. Or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. What the hell just happened? Seriously, what what in the world was that? The Jets were just shut out by the worst team in hockey. Some dude named Caden Mavelka was unbeatable in that. Didn't give up a single goal on the night. Seriously, who is this guy? I, I know you guys don't know because his name is actually Carol Vamilka. And you wouldn't have realized that until I brought it up, but a bunch of no-namers just handed the Winnipeg Jets quite possibly their most embarrassing loss of the season, which is really saying something because just a few days ago, the Jets were stomped 7-1 in Minnesota. And in between, that was one of the gutsiest wins of the year in Calgary. I mean, my God, what a roller coaster ride these past four days have been. Let's get right to it then. Let's start it up with the most recent of those games. Unfortunately, we'll open up with that shutout loss to the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, that was one of the most bizarre, bizarre games and bizarre score clocks I think I've ever seen. Because, and this was obvious right from the get-go, the Winnipeg Jets clearly out-talent, out-class, pretty much out-everything the Arizona Coyotes on paper, and then once they got onto the ice, it was pretty clear that there was a gulf in terms of talent between the two teams. And it played out that way pretty much all game long. The Jets end up with, I believe, a 46-15 to 15 shot advantage. Yet no goals to show for it, so you're thinking, you know what, hey, the Jets just got goalie. It happens a couple times a season, and some better luck, and they probably cruise to two points in a victory in that game. But despite 46-15, I didn't think the Winnipeg Jets got goalied in this one. It's bizarre. I've never really... I can't remember if I've ever seen something like that. And not that the Vamelka kid didn't play good or anything. He was, he was you know, pretty damn solid. Obviously perfect on the night. But can you remember any 10-bell save that he had to make? A- any... A-, a number of stops that stood out to you on the night? I can't think of a... You know, one prime example of, oh, wow, the Winnipeg Jets 
got totally stoned by him on that play. It, it just didn't exist to me. There were some good chances, but no highway robbery saves or anything like that, right? It just it felt like the 46 shots was a whole bunch of empty calories. And I know my empty calories. I'm <laughs> I'm a master of the empty calorie. But to me, if you get 46 shots on net and the opposing goalie's name isn't a swear word the next morning, then you just didn't do it right, right? If you're if we're all sitting here saying Vamelker, Vamelker cost us one, then I could almost understand a loss like that to the lowly Arizona Coyotes, right? Remember Connor Hellebuck's game? I, it was two seasons ago, I think, against the San Jose Sharks, where he made 50 saves in a 3-2 Jets victory. Like, that is getting goalie. I don't think... Jets fans are sitting around the next morning going, yeah, Vimelker just stole one right out from under us. I think it's just the fact that the Winnipeg Jets took a lot, a lot of possession time and a lot of time inside the offensive zone. It just didn't generate enough quality looks out of it. Like, 46 shots is, is great on the score sheet, but it doesn't mean a whole lot when you're not generating quality chances after quality chance. And nothing exemplified that more then the god-awful power play that's being trotted out night after night here. Like, what is it, one for 30 now in the last some odd games? And I thought Andrew Esler patterson had the tweet of the night. I mean, perfectly described everything. The Jets' power play managed one high-danger chance and over nine minutes of power play time in the third period of a game they were trailing one nothing to the worst team in the NHL. Let that sink in. I mean, that, that right there describes everything you need to know about how that game went. And on top of that, the Coyotes' power penalty kill is 31st in the NHL. So against the worst team in the league, against one of the worst penalty kills in the league, the Winnipeg Jets could barely throw anything of value towards the Arizona Coyotes' net. I mean, that, that to me is the main story out of the game, not the fact that Vamelkar, whatever his name is, ended up with his first shutout and made 46 saves. It's the fact that when the Jets needed a goal, and has been the case for about 10 or so games now, the big guns just couldn't get anything close to being done. It is beyond frustrating, and this power play should not be this bad. And I don't even know who to blame anymore, right? Like players, coaches... It's probably a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, let's face it. It's up to the coaching staff to put these guys in the right position for success. And while I think that what they're throwing out there in theory should work, you know, and maybe it does over the course of a a number of games moving forward here, it hasn't worked. Like, nothing on the power play has worked for basically a month now. And it's probably cost the Jets six points in the standings. It's probably cost them three wins. So it's on the coaching staff to figure this out and figure it out fast or else something something of much bigger magnitude is going to be done and say, somebody else will be brought in to fix it. Let's face it, the power play just can't continue to be this putrid. But at the same time, too, there is a bit of onus on the players to, to bring a higher level of play here. And this isn't really news, again, to anybody in Winnipeg, but it, it kind of falls on, on two main culprits. And, and maybe even a third, too. If you want to throw Nikolai Ehlers in there, I wouldn't necessarily absolve him of any blame right now, either. It hasn't been the greatest start of the year for Nick Ehlers. But the two big names, the face, the heartbeat, maybe even the voice of the Jets, Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler are just, they're just MIA right now. It's just not good enough, right? Eight points and seven points between the two of them. 
through 16, 17 games now, right? Like not even not even 50 points, let alone 60, 70, 80 points. That's the pace we're talking about right now. 40 points between those two guys. You're, you're just not going to win a whole lot of hockey games when you're playing both of them 20 plus minutes a night and they're not giving you any production. They had a pretty damn good game against Calgary. Well, I'll, I'll give them that for sure, right? I mean, arguably carry the Jets to a win against the Flames. But other than that, there's been nothing memorable about the start of the season so far for both Shifley and Wheeler. And it's so interesting because the return of those two players has really coincided with the drop in the level of play of the team over the past several weeks now. Because when they were out, it was PLD and Connor and Sveshnikov carrying the mail for the Jets. It looked like, wow, all of a sudden, a new number one line to go with you know, some combination of Shifley, Ehlers, Wheeler, Cop. when everybody's back and ready to go. The, the Jets are going to be a dangerous team. That's what it ultimately felt like. But instead, we've seen this impotent, kind of boring, unimaginative club over these past, what is it, like 10 games now. It's become a bit of a chore to watch the Winnipeg Jets, which you, you wouldn't have expected just a couple of weeks ago. Now, when it comes to Blake Wheeler... Look, we've talked about this exhaustingly over the course of these past few weeks. I think everyone's somewhat in agreement about what should be done here. Drop him down to the third line for the time being. Still have him run the number one power play. But limit his minutes. Give some of the younger, maybe more energetic, dynamic players at this point in their careers. Give them more opportunities. And that should bring a little bit of punch back to the Winnipeg Jets offense. That's what should be done with Blake Wheeler. But it feels like Paul Maurice, all, to the detriment of his team, is doing whatever it takes to kickstart Blake Wheeler and get that production going again. But it, it's just it's done more harm than good right now. And I don't know how much longer you can keep going to this well. And again, I know the game against Calgary was a good one for Shifley wheeler Connor, but they were awful through the first 40 minutes against Arizona. A couple real good shifts in the third period, but still no goals to show for it. I don't know how many more line combinations you can come up with that have Blake Wheeler in the top six getting 20 plus minutes a night and not having to work before you realize you know what maybe it's time to just take a step back and give those 34 35 year old legs a little bit of a breather maybe 15 16 minutes a night and have somebody else step up and get some of the combinations that were working before Dubois Connor Svechnikov have Shifley Kopp and Ehlers together and then that brings us to the other piece of the puzzle that hasn't been working so far, and that's Mark Shifley. I don't know what's going on there. I really don't. And I, I, I almost hesitate to pile on too much because I, I don't know if it's the after effects of COVID or if there's an injury or, or something else going on. But we haven't seen Mark Shifley play this bad since he was 21 years old. I, I just don't know what's going on there. He is non-existent a lot of nights. And what's troubling me the most about it is just a pure lack of aggression out there. I mean, I we're just seeing a really, really passive Mark Shifley out on the ice. He's not shooting the puck. He's not really passing the puck a whole lot either. He's not attacking defenses with a ton of speed. It just feels like he's going through the motions a little bit. I mean, when have you seen a lot of fire from Mark Shifley this year? The only thing that kind of pops into my head is that shift against Connor McDavid in Winnipeg where the two were going at it and, you know, Mark Shifley wasn't backing down from Connor McDavid. 
That coincidentally ended up being the Winnipeg Jets' best game of the season, by the way, when they ran all over the Edmonton Oilers. Right? Like, I, I just want a little more passion and a little more bite in his game. And it just hasn't been good enough. And, and to be honest, and to be quite frank, you know, Mark Shafley's played his way off Team Canada's Olympic team. Unless there's some kind of supernova December that <laughs> comes out of nowhere, there's no way Mark Shifley makes Team Canada. There's way too many people ahead of him, and he was already a bubble player to begin with, but too many players ahead of him have been way more impactful for their teams this season. I, I just It's been a beyond disappointing start to the year for Mark Shifley. And, you know, Blake Wheeler's struggles are one thing, but I think the Winnipeg Jets can be competitive, even if Wheeler is let's say, a 40, 50-point guy this year and, and, you know, not a major impact like he has been in the past. I think the Jets have enough talent up front to withstand that. They could not have an unproductive Mark Shifley all season long. That is just non-negotiable. And I think that's been the biggest part in this team's slump over the past little while. When Mark Shifley plays like a 40-point player, the Winnipeg Jets are outside of the playoff picture. If he plays like an all-star, the Jets will make the playoffs this year. So they've got to find a way to kickstart way more so than Blake Wheeler. They've got to find a way to kickstart Mark Shifley's game. And to me, the answer's simple. Shifley, Ehlers, Cop, Dubois, Connor, Svechnikov, Lowry, Stasny, Wheeler. Don't even care what happens on the fourth line. Run that for a few games. See what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But even if it does work, hey, maybe Wheeler pops in a couple on the third line. Then you can move him up to the top six after. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be set in stone for the rest of the season. But just go with a lineup something like that. And let's see if the Jets can get back to the top of the division. Because all of a sudden, within the span of a week or two, and even though the Jets technically sit third of the Central right now, they've gone from the top of the division to if Dallas, Colorado, and Nashville win their games in hand, sixth in the division. And we all know sixth in the Central is not going to be anywhere near good enough for the Winnipeg Jets this season. So enough with trying to kickstart one player's game. Put the best lines out there. Make the most complete team and get some wins going. And then we can talk about trying to boost a player's confidence or something like that. Enough's enough here. And fix the damn power play on top of it. We'll get to the games against Calgary and Minnesota earlier on the weekend in just a sec. But before we do that, we got to give a quick shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. And DraftKings Sportsbook, which is unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL... Big deal for you guys on tap right now because new customers who bet just a dollar, one dollar on any team to score can win a hundred dollars in free bets. It's that simple, it's that easy. A dollar, get one point, and you win a hundred bucks. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province just yet, you can still get in on all the NFL action. Major cash prizes are up for grabs all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code THPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, unofficial sports betting partner of the NFL. 
Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's go back in time. It feels like a lifetime ago, actually, because that Coyotes game was so damn painful. But the back-to-back, Minnesota and then Calgary. The lowest this team has been this season prior to the Arizona game. And then one of the highs, honestly, in that back-to-back matchup against the Calgary Flames. Like, it was an absolute glass case of emotion. And it all got started on that weird Friday afternoon game. And, And remember, I did say... There's going to be a ton of goals in this one, a lot of excitement, and I could not have been more wrong. There there were a lot of goals. It was just only scored by one team. I mean, the Minnesota Wild absolutely curb-stomped the Winnipeg Jets. There's no other way to put it. And here's the thing. Losses like that, major blowout losses like that, often happen a couple times during the regular season. Even for the best teams, right? You'll see, go back and look at Tampa Bay's past couple of seasons I'm sure you'll find a couple of blowout losses in there that make no sense. It's not necessarily the result that had me so ticked off watching that game. It's the fact that, for sure, four of the first five wild goals against were purely effort-based results. The the Jets just did not bring an effort-wise in that game, and, and that, to me, is inexcusable. And the first four goals were a prime example of that. You had the first goal. Uh, worked in the corner. Nikolai Ehlers, no effort to get to the point. The puck's to the back of the net. Second goal, awful coverage once again. Every, I mean, there's just so much room to operate for the wild defensemen. They get the puck towards the net again, lose a battle out in front. It's 2-0. Then you have the 3-0 goal. Three Jets forwards aren't even in the play as the wild are moving in on the rush offensively. You have three forwards up near the blue line by the time... The third shot attempt beats Connor Hellebuck on that play. And then the fourth one might just be the worst of the bunch because, again, you have two wild forwards skating all over the place, beating the Jets to the puck on a number of different occasions. And then ultimately, again, a puck towards the net. Nobody's within five feet of Matt Zuccarello tapping goal curtains on the afternoon for the game. Right? Like, it's just a better effort might not win you that game, but maybe it's... 3-1 3-1 going into the third. Maybe it's 3-2 going into the third. You know what I mean? Like, at least you give yourself a chance to win a game later in the contest as opposed to getting absolutely blown out of the arena. So that was just, it, it was an awful game. It, it sucked. It was a waste of time watching it. The only enjoyable part of the game, honestly, was afterwards when Connor Hellebuck rightfully called his team out and said it's it's not good enough, unacceptable. Starts at our own end, and then we move our way forward after that. He, he was absolutely right, and he was within his rights to go after anybody on his team during the game. That, that was the only good part of it, and the fact that it finally ended. So you go from that number two show into a game against one of the hottest teams in the NHL. Like I said last week, maybe the most complete team in the NHL right now. You travel out to their barn for a Saturday night showdown. And you're not really having a whole lot of hope that it's it's going to turn out better than the previous game. And then what happens? The news that Shafley Wheeler-Connor is being reunited and Jets Twitter just exploded. It, it erupted. And, and people, and I would say rightfully so, are kind of beside themselves saying, you know, this is, this is the move you make? 
This is the well you go to once again to try and kickstart this team after an absolute nightmare performance against Minnesota? What in the world is Paul Maurice doing? And then of course, how does that game start in Calgary? Two quick ones for the Flames, one a minute in. And, and I was getting texts and tweets saying, oh boy, is this the end of the Paul Maurice era Winnipeg Jets? And it, it looked so dire and so bad. And so of course, what happened? Connor Shifley Wheeler arguably carried the team to victory, right? They, they came through. You know, if we're going to get on Shifley and, and Wheeler in particular for having rough starts and needed to be much better, they were great in that game. And that line as a whole was, was pretty damn impressive. You know, it's unfortunate it didn't carry over against Arizona. But in that particular game, you know, maybe Paul Maurice was playing a hunch, but it, it paid off. He made the right call. And the Jets showed a ton of resilience in that game against the Flames. And that's, you know, if if we're trying to be a little bit positive here moving forward, that's a trade this club has had over the past few seasons. You know, even if there are some ugly, ugly performances like that one in Minnesota and the game in Arizona, you know, even if you have some of those sprinkled in, when this team has its backs against the wall, truly, they find a way to, to bring the best out of their game. And that's what that line in particular did. But the team as a whole played really, really well, I thought, against a a really strong Flames team. To come back from 2-0 down in Calgary on the second end of a back-to-back, that was damn impressive. That's the team that everybody in Winnipeg wants to see over the course of the season. So it's in them. Just sucks that it wasn't in them in a major, major winnable game against the Arizona Coyotes. And again... If you're looking back at the end of the season in a competitive Western Conference and the Jets miss the playoffs, that's one of those games you're going to look at and go, oh my lord, how did we drop that one? So a crappy way to start off the week, let's be honest, that's what it is. But at least the Jets get a little bit of time off. I think Jets fans are happy they get a little bit of time off from watching the team for a little bit as well. But three practice days before the next matchup for the Winnipeg Jets, another home contest, this time Friday night against the New Jersey Devils. I mean, there really shouldn't be anything that's being practiced other than special teams during this time, right? Like a five-on-five I don't even care about anymore. Let's just do special teams work for a couple hours each day and then look crisp and on point and ready to go in that one. So we'll see what the changes are, if there are any, or if there need to be any, when we return in our next episode to close out the week on Friday morning. But that's going to do it for us here. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're back at it on a Friday, getting ready for the upcoming tilt against the New Jersey Devils. And maybe try to figure out, talk to an expert about just why this Jets power play is so putrid right now. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. That's coming up for you guys on a Friday. But until then, do your best to enjoy the rest of the week. We're back at it on Friday morning. Peace.